Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, back again with my other co-host, Sloan. Sloan, say hi. Aloha and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Sloan, it's great to have you back. We were just talking about this before the podcast started, but these days between time zones, between our busy adult schedules, it's been a little bit harder to get both of us on the same page for this weekly call, or I guess well, bi-weekly. We're doing it for Thanksgiving, though, right? That's true. That's yeah, a big deal. On Thanksgiving, yeah. This counts for at least like three podcasts in terms of scheduling that it's you know, 8.30 my time on Thanksgiving Day. Right. Yeah, you're making sacrifices for the pod, and I appreciate it. I did. Uh, I will say, though, I did kind of... I mean, not that I would want to do it regularly. I enjoy podcasting with you much more. But I did enjoy solo potting. I don't know. I feel like it was kind of fun to just, like, see what it would be like. It's kind of like simulating what it's like to host a radio show a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? Like, when they're just talking. Uh, I thought you nailed it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think the pacing yourself was a good move. I think that helped out a lot. Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, I want you to do a solo one. I feel like it would be kind of fun. I know you did the manager memos, which is fun. But the way you cut that is like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I took the time to actually edit all the pauses. I think listening to yours and getting that advice of just take it easy, take it slow, get your thoughts organized. I think the next solo pod I do or manager memo, whatever it is, I think it'll be better than what I've done in the past. Yeah. Well, another thing we were talking about was, uh, it seems like a lot of, a lot of our friends, a lot of boys in this fantasy league went out and did a 5k today. And, uh, specifically, you know, you went and did one. Sloan, what was, what was your time on your, your 5k today? Were you running it for speed or for fun? Um, I mean, we, Becca and I generally, I think we're pretty, not like super fast, but I think we're quicker than the average person who runs those. I think we did ours in 27 minutes. I think it was like eight and a half, 840 pace per mile. And with those things, it's difficult for that to be your true time because, I mean, we were behind tons of people when we started. Yeah. Um, and that's our fault. We should have started further up. But uh, I think the total time was 27 minutes. So do you run we, it together or do you run by yourself? Yeah, we run it together. Um okay. With the 5K, how short it is, it's just easier and more enjoyable to run it together. When we do the half marathons, like when we did the Purdue half last month, we got to mile eight. My knee was killing me, and I just told Becca to go ahead because I was slowing her down. Um, So we'll split on those, but 5Ks, they're short enough that we'll just run it together. That makes sense. Yep. Like you and I had a blast at the Cheers (laughs) for New Year's, however, you know, four years ago, I think that was. I think it was four years ago. I feel like it was. Almost five, I think, going into 2019. Yeah, right. it was going into 2019 before I started my job. So yeah, pretty much five years ago at this point. That's crazy that that was five years ago that we I did know. that. That was time fun. really does fly by. I feel like at this point of your life, you know, like more so than any other point. I think it's I totally think it a blur. so quick. I mean, we're at Thanksgiving right now, and Christmas is going to be right around the bend. I mean, it felt like we were just at Halloween, and that was 23 days ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to you know think about the like think i just so different the way things were five years ago you know you yeah. were still living in downtown indy like we went out just had a had quite a night the night before uh yeah that was fun were we brothers that year i think so because it was yeah. with austin, austin and, and i think uh his 
uh, Evan and like mm-hmm. I think it might have been that group of people that yeah. Shelby was there. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Shelby was there. I don't think I don't Shelby was. I can't remember I when know. they started dating. We'll get yeah. we'll get some clarification from Austin if he listens to this. But um, the uh, the funny part about that 5K was that it was New Year's Day, New Year's morning, and I remember we got like the beer dr- tickets for running it, <laughs> and I don't think we drank. Because we were like no. too sick from last night, feeling terrible. I wish no. I still had some of the pictures from the run. I think I still have the. Uh, there's that one picture that I feel like still exists. You know, of me running. I feel like it's mm-hmm. me in the sweatshirt. You know what I'm yep. talking about? Yep. You're looking at the camera. I think you look good in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, we didn't drink the beer because we threw up the night. I threw up the night before. Like we yep. went and ran the five k. So, which is impressive. I, yeah. Yeah, so I've only run two 5Ks. Uh, I guess as an adult, I've run two 5Ks. I don't enjoy running as much as I think the rest of the guys do just for fun. But Mm -hmm. the second one, I just ran to see if I could get a sub 30 time because that was my goal after I did ours together. And I did that. So now I feel like there's nothing left for me in the running. You climbed the mountain. Yeah, you got to the peak. Nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, we do want to give a shout out to Brian. Brian, way to go today. Impressive. Yeah, we, we spoke a little bit about it before we started recording, but uh, we, uh, we're interested in whether, Brian, you did a little training for this or if you just did this cold turkey. Huh. My theory is that Brian did train for this. I feel like, it. I mean, if Brian did just straight up go out and run four miles, that is very impressive. I think four miles is a very long distance to just go run. I I don't think you can do that without like, I don't know. Like when I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not trying to diminish Brian's accomplishment at all because I think even just going out and doing a four mile run at any pace is great, but that's a long way. Like, I think if you're not training at yeah. all, you're walking a lot, a significant part of that. It's more than a 5K. 5K is 3.1, and he ran more than that. He ran more than I did this morning. I, I still, I, I think Brian is the type of guy who can just go out there and, and do that run without any training or preparation. Um, Brian does he, have he does enough kickball, toughness. you know? Yeah. I don't know how much cardio we, you know, you get in kickball, but I think he could do it. So I'm interested to to hear whether he did train or not. Yeah, and then Brian, Dylan out there, too. Yeah, Moving Dylan. Those quads, man. I know. Though they when you just look at the picture, like those legs <laughs> are I've never seen anyone's upper legs look so significant in sweatpants before. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like when you see them, they're like, it's like hell yeah, those things are and they're firm too. I don't know if you've ever touched them oh, before, yeah. but they're rock hard. There's no like giving those puppies. I want to see him squat. He's got to be able to squat 600 pounds, right? <laughs> With those type of quads. My goodness. He's like Rondale Moore. Do you remember those videos uh-huh, of him that used to uh-huh. circulate where he would like <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dylan. squat so much? Yeah. Hey, good good for all you guys who got out there and did some exercise on Thanksgiving. It's no easy, uh, easy thing to do to want to wake up and go for a run. But like you were saying, Sloan seems like thousands and thousands of people want to do it. They love that drumstick dash. Wait, question. Do you know why the drumstick dash is four miles? I don't. Becca and I have talked about that. It seems like every year because we used to do that uh, before we started doing Bolt for the Heart. And it's we're just confused because they have a like a two and a half mile route. And then I think they have like a four and a half mile route or something like that. So there's two options at the drumstick dash. You eventually you go on. The, everybody starts together and you get to a point on the course where uh, the long route goes south and the short route goes north. Um, 
and neither of them are a 5K. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why they do it. I'm sure there's something behind it. Um, maybe just splitting up the people who you know finish at different times. I I have no idea. Um, but that's what they do. And I'm impressed. Brian had the option to do the shorter route, but he ended up doing the the longer one. And that's that's he had the option. That's impressive. Yeah. Good for Brian. Proud of you, Brian. Uh exercising is always uh makes you feel good, mm-hmm. I feel like is my experience with it. Um one thing I, I was also thinking about this week, uh, I don't know if this is a weird transition, but, you know, we're potting. So, yep. uh, when did Brian and Matt start being called the Doughboys? I don't remember ever, like, donning that title on them. Was that it self-appointed? It was self-given, yeah. Okay. There's no way. I mean, at least as far within the the boys did not give it to them. I mean, maybe okay. they had it in high school, but I don't know if the Doughboys was an accurate name for them in high school um, that might have developed later. But I I think they gave it to themselves, but it's funny. Okay, good. Because I I was like, one of my friends in Seattle was listening to the podcast uh, last when I did my Thanks for marketing it out to your people, Josh. I appreciate that. I I do tell some people at work that I have a podcast and most of them are like, oh, I'll listen to it and then never do. But (laughs) this person did listen to it. Um, and they were like, who are the Doughboys? And I was like, oh, that's our friends, Matt and Brian. And they're like, that's kind of a fucked up name to give people, you know, like, that's right. kind of me. You know? <laughs> so it's better that like, we did not give it to them. And I was like, yeah, I actually don't remember how they started being called that. I don't remember right. calling them that. But yeah, that is kind of fucked up. <laughs> and then and then we were like, well, at least it's two people and not just one person. That's like the dough boy. You yeah, know? It's, it's way better to have a pair of boys uh, than just being like the singular dough boy. That's funny. Yeah, I guess just you, we hear it so often. We don't really think about it, but it is. It's a funny name, man. I like it. And we all know who it is. Brian and Matt, feel free to rebrand. I know you branded yourself that, but we can you know go some a different angle on the podcast uh i do like the i mean it has a nice ring to it you know like i don't even think about like what it means i just think doughboys matt and brian you know but it does sound uh, good as we start to expand the audience of the podcast you know i just want to make sure you're comfortable it's not too late uh you know if you like when we start going more international or across the u.s yeah cool i'm glad we discussed that (laughs) wait one more thing before we get into fantasy football yep um, I remember this time last year, uh, there was, I, th- I don't know what specific, there was something that happened in Purdue football too, but I think after the Maui Invitational, we were saying this may be the greatest three day stretch in Purdue sports history, right? I think we beat Gonzaga, Duke yeah, and that last was year the, in the Maui. The Phil, one of the Phil Knight, uh, tournaments in Oregon. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't Maui. Yeah. It was the Phil Knight one. Um, do we think that this three-day stretch of Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette is maybe the greatest three days of Purdue basketball. I mean, I'm not a great historian of Purdue basketball, but it feels... Well, think back to the time we went to the national championship game. That's obviously a big deal, right? And that would have been over however many weeks to get there. We ultimately lost UCLA. But you'd think that Wait, when was this? What year was this? 1969. Okay. okay. Think about how great that would have been. We would have won a national title and then Neil Armstrong would have stepped foot on the moon later in July that year. What a and our hundredth year anniversary as a as a school. Ugh. 
missed opportunity. Um, and then the most recent time we went to the final four was in 1980. And you would think winning that regional tournament, that, bra- that part of the bracket to get to the final four would be a big deal, but at least regular season, this might be it. I mean, that those are powerhouse teams too. And we did it on a neutral court and in a three-day span, back to back to back. So, I, I, yeah, I would say that that's one of the – yeah, probably the most impressive non-postseason uh, winning streak that we've had. I totally agree. The refs, I mean, were – after the first after the first day, the refs were – that Tennessee game was – I was thinking there needs to be, like, especially with our team specifically, you know how for Haas they created, like, the hook and hold rule, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't do that. They need to create a new rule for our team that's like if you start fouling too much, like you start getting technicals every time you're fouling because they foul so much. The refs can't even keep calling it because the game would be horrible if they actually called it every time. Yeah. Becca asked me, she said, was it just a poorly called game? And I thought about it and Tennessee fouled a lot. Their physical team, they fouled a lot. So there were a lot of good calls. But I also think on the opposite side of that, there were a lot of bad calls, too, that weren't even fouls that were called. Yeah. And, and they're missing a lot of fouls as well. So overall, yeah, it, I mean, it was it was so bad. It was so bad. But we did the it. refs. I think the refs feel the pressure to keep the foul totals relatively even throughout it's the game. S- stupid. It's and so it's stupid. so fucking stupid because we are getting fouled so much harder than we ever fouled the other team. So they're calling those crappy little like sliding defense, you know, when the person's driving, they get a little yeah. bump on the drive, like versus, so you know, Edie's getting like hacked every time. I feel like when we eventually lose in the round of 32, that's mm-hmm. exact. That's going to be exactly what happens. It's going to be some bullshit with the refs not calling fouls on the other team. The odds of both teams in any given basketball game having the same number of fouls or even plus or minus the same number of fouls is pretty low. And Very low. how it ends up towards the end of the game. The, the refs look at the foul totals and they say, okay, well, maybe we've been a little unfair to this one team that we've called a lot of fouls on. Now we need to call fouls on the other team to even it up. And it's so stupid. That's what I'm saying. They need a special kind of foul that like if you start fouling one person too much, like they need to do something like that. Maybe where Edie can only get fouled like five times. And every time you foul him after that, it becomes a technical or a flagrant. I think they did something in the NBA for Shaq because Shaq couldn't hit his free throws. So they would just foul Shaq intentionally. And I think they, I don't know if that's directly where the intentional foul rule came out of, but I remember that being, the intentional foul rule being a lot more um, important. I don't even know if that's called anymore, um, but I, I remember they had made some modifications for that. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting hacked. Eden just gets body checked every offensive possession that he has. It's wild. It's ridiculous. Uh I I I'm I'm I should feel better after us winning three games. Obviously, I'm a tortured fan, you know, right. and, and it was a huge accomplishment, right? Like we're no doubt number one team in the country after this, like not even close. Um, it just sucks to watch, like, 
Edie get fouled so much and you're just like this how are they not calling this like last night's game they called the hook and hold two possessions later he's getting hooked and hold potentially worse than the first time he was getting hooked and hold like yeah the balls on that uh Marquette player we're doing it again I know called the the flagrant on it Mike it was just daring the refs like come on but like you're not gonna call again and then he did it so dumb it's such a stupid way to play basketball like why why should that even be a thing where players are feel like they can tempt the refs to not make calls? And and I I want to be very honest, though. I hate the way that the Tennessee game was played, right? Like, yeah, that game was unwatchable with how many free throws and fouls they were calling. So it really is the perfect strategy when you're playing Purdue because refs can't ruin the flow of the game entirely, right? Like that just makes it suck. So just foul mm-hmm. us and see what happens. That's all. Yeah. Well, like you said, we won. We're spoiled fans. Um, yeah. I think we'll game next Tuesday against some Texas team, I think. Um, so should be a good time. Uh, we have the few Big Ten games early in December. Hopefully we can get through those being undefeated. And then Alabama's in there. Arizona's in there. So we got some some more obstacles to get past. But heck of a heck of a trip to Maui. Yeah, what a tough preseason schedule we have. Holy cow. That's what we want. That's what we need. That's what makes good good teams going into March. Hopefully. Hey, go ahead. We won't be playing any good teams in the Big Ten this year, honestly. That's that's true. Hey, who's the second uh who's the closest ranked to us in the Big Ten? I can't even think. Is it Illinois? I think it's still Michigan State at this point. Aren't they like twenty second? Is there twenty one? Huh. There's no other teams in the Big Ten wow. ranked right now. It is ours for the taking. Yeah. All right, let's talk fantasy. All right, fantasy football time. Um, Sloan, I'll let you kick it off this week. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Trade deadline is over. Extra dead. Uh, what were you thinking heading into this week? How'd you feel about how the week unfolded? Well, I think. Brian and Matt, the Doughboys, did a good job last week on the podcast uh, talking about the teams who are the managers who are more likely to go to Waffle House uh, than some of the others. And I I think they really just nailed it on Colin. Uh, After seeing his performance this week, I mean, he's 100% going to Waffle House. So that was my big takeaway. The other big takeaway from this week, you, Josh, are always projected higher than everyone else. And for some reason, you've had a few uh, poor weeks where I'm looking at week nine and week 11, which was the most recent week. And then the week that was what three weeks ago. Last week, you were projected before the game started somewhere in the 150s. And you ended up with 102. That is just so... It blows my mind that that happens because that means that you really have to have all if, you know, probably all of your players having a subpar week for that to happen. And the amount of studs that you have on your team, it doesn't make sense that that that, that happens, right? If you it look doesn't at, make any sense. If you look at week 9, 10, and 11, your scoring points in week 9, you had 117. Week 10, you had 168, big week. And then week 11, you had 102. If those three weeks were the playoffs, you, I don't, I, I didn't do the math, but I don't think you'd be winning that. 
No, you, it would be Tommy probably who would be winning the championship if that right. was Right, and that's the tough the part. That's the tough part about the three-week playoff is you just have those three weeks to to do it, and if your guys have bad weeks like your team did last week, that it's not a recipe for success, and uh, we're no one's worried about missing the playoffs between you, me, and, and Dylan, and really even Tommy. Tommy's been putting up some big numbers lately. So it, at least for me, yeah, just – getting through these last few weeks and waiting for the playoffs to start. But the Waffle House conversation is fun to look at with Colin being six points behind on good uh, at 39 on goods at 45, man, Colin just, he panicked Mike and or, uh, Brian and Matt talked about that. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago, but Colin's panicking both getting good players to not go to Waffle House, some of the vets and then trading those players away a few weeks later and panicking the other way really that's why he's going to waffle house i don't know if he's going to be able to make up those six points on on good on good's team um it's been more consistent lately and been scoring higher points consistently over the past four weeks which i think is impressive because on good was my pick yeah, I think when we start crowning who's going to go to Waffle House, I think we were doing it pretty early, maybe like week yeah. five-ish range. Uh, we forget about the impact of the bye weeks. Some of these lineups do get quite dark during the bye weeks. Um, and and that's when these teams that are bad have a chance to shine because the really good teams don't have their full players anymore so you've really noticed it in the last four weeks we've started seeing a lot more volatility with who's finishing in the top half of the table we've seen on have big weeks austin have big weeks brian's had a couple big weeks here and there um and really all of those have started once bye weeks have started to pile up um and i think it's something when it's a good lesson for the future we need to start thinking about that a little more uh Colin really could have used those good players during these bye weeks. Although I will say as the person who traded for those good players, uh, they have not been performing as well as I would have liked. And, you know, I want to touching on your first point about my team scoring 50 points less than your projected sucks. Like it's honestly, at this point I'm used to it though. I feel like my team always underperforms in this league. It's so weird. And my, other dynasty league, I have a team that is objectively worse than this team. Like there's a couple players that are the same, but it consistently finishes with higher points. It's so weird. Uh, and so I, I don't know what it is about this league for me. I think it's a, a curse, honestly, at this yeah. point, I don't know what's going on, but you know, it'll bring excitement come playoff time when Tommy eventually gets to 100% full health and uh, wins it all. So, right. A three-peat would be fantastic, and a three-peat by Tommy. Ooh, to start the the dynasty league, Tommy wins three in a row. That's a dynasty. Three in a row is a dynasty. It's a dynasty, yeah. That sucks so much. I, uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. his team's getting healthy at the right time. Kyron Williams is coming back again this week. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's obviously had a ton of injuries this, this year, but... He's had some major problems, especially, like, yeah. with the quarterback... And he just got through it somehow. Everything pans out for Tommy. I mean, he picks up Brock Purdy last year 
on a whim because Jimmy Garoppolo is injured. You're like, let me pick up this rookie. How many shitty rookies have been picked up? Shitty starting rookie QBs have been picked up. But Tommy finds the one that's like a mid to high end QB two because everyone else is out of fab and Tommy desperately needs a QB that week. It's just, it's exactly how things work out for him. Uh, and Kyron yeah. Williams, another example, right? Like he probably didn't even know who he was when he drafted. Yeah, him. yeah. It, it, I mean, Amon Ra is maybe the best dynasty wide receiver right now. Like, it just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's a lucky, it's a lucky game that we play. Sloan and is it and, luck if he's won it back to back times and is looking to make the playoffs for the third third time straight? Hundred percent is luck. luck. It's I it's. De- I mean, the three week playoff is the definition of luck. He had like, four weeks that first season and still did it. I will say the the first season we did it, we did four weeks, and I believe the first week of the playoffs was the last week of buys because I remember Austin made the playoffs, but he didn't have Jonathan Taylor that first week. Yes, you're right. And that's why we were like, why are we doing it this way? That makes zero sense. So that's yeah. why we shortened it. But regardless, Tommy doesn't make too many big trades, and he is just hitting on guys that he's picking up or drafting, and it's working out for him. It's crazy. I mean, good for Tommy, but uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's wild these last few weeks how much the playoff race has turned. I think there was a point where Brian was within, you know, ten to twelve points of Tommy to make that final playoff spot. Yeah, his team has kind of imploded at this point. Joe Burrow out for the season. It's another good talking point, I think, for us this week. The number of QB injuries this year has been insane how many have had significant injuries rogers cousins watson burrow you know and guys getting benched yeah garoppolo getting benched zach wilson just got benched which we all kind of saw that coming and you picked up tim boyle i love that i'm happy you got him tim boyle i was like i was like this will probably be my only chance this year to actually get a qb that may mm-hmm. start and knowing my luck i'll probably have two qb injuries heading into the playoffs uh, but his career stats are truly so horrendous. bad there's so i almost messaged about it earlier he <laughs> has uh let me pull it up on my phone because i was looking at like i the guy's 29 right and i have never heard of him had you ever heard of him before I have heard of Tim Boyle, but only in like backup capacity and him being very, very horrible. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I'd never heard of him before. He's 29 and has five year only five years of experience. So came out, he was an older guy when he came into the league. And if you look at his stats over the course of his career, his fantasy stats, he's only finished with, uh, what is it? One positive season. I'm trying to pull it up me he's had some absolute stinkers the only thing that is ever green on his history page you know you can like see all the green Mm -hmm. stats is the number of interceptions he's had and every year he's had more interceptions than touchdowns (laughs) and i love that it's green like yeah yeah they should be red right that's yeah i don't want to see that he's only had one season of positive fantasy points so he played he played he came into the league in 2018 did not play Came in, uh, played a few games for Green Bay, Green Bay in 2019. Ended the season with negative point one. Eight games for Green Bay in 2020. Ended the season with negative one point nine. Then was with Detroit in 21. Five games. Finished with a total of 23.34 points. 
2022 with Chicago, he played one game, negative 2.88. And then this year, when he came in this past week for Zach Wilson, finished with negative 0.58. I looked at this guy when I was figuring out what I was doing for waivers this week and told myself there's no way, even if I have only one starting quarterback, I might be better off not playing this guy. <laughs> Sloan, because let me of... add some more. Let me add some more to the Tim Boyle stats. Uh, Tim Boyle's college statistics. Played at University of Connecticut. Uh, I see he Eastern at... Kentucky. Uh, Did he transfer at some point? Yeah, I think so, because I have three years of Connecticut for Tim Boyle. Interesting. Uh, played 19 games at the University of Connecticut. Had a... 48.4% completion percentage through 13 interceptions and only had one touchdown in, in 19 games. He only threw one touchdown. Wow. Yeah. That's so bad. And, and so UConn, bad. they're not a great uh, football school. So you wouldn't expect their quarterback to have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of high statistics. But then you got to remember this guy's in the NFL and he's going to be starting a football game this weekend. And I see that he did go to Eastern Kentucky and played 12 games and had 11 touchdowns. So not bad, but 13 interceptions <laughs> in one this, year. This in one year, this is not an upgrade from Zach Wilson. Why they're not signing a guy like bringing Joe Flacco back or uh, some of some of the other quarterbacks that are out there. Are they just trying to tank at this point? What's I'm trying to think what their record is. Back in two weeks, I think they're like. What does that do for you? I don't. They're not going to make the playoffs. You might as well tank and try to get a good player. Um, I I haven't seen some real NFL mock drafts, but uh, there's some good players out there that that they could get. I mean, this might be a tank move, but I don't think the record is too horrible. Surprisingly, they're they're four and six, so they're not garbage. Uh, but yeah, Tim Boyle is. Bad. He's really bad. He's probably not somebody who would start on any fantasy team or should be starting. And I don't know how he even has a job in the NFL. This is uh, the face of I, I like maybe he's the most charismatic guy in the locker room or something, well, because it's the only thing that would make sense. I'm th- I think I'm starting to put it together. So he backed up Aaron Rodgers. In uh, Green Bay. OK, so maybe Rodgers really maybe this guy's big into, you know, <laughs> darkness retreats and some other things that Rodgers is into and he just wanted him in the locker room and then lo and behold he's starting for the team after Rodgers gets hurt and Wilson gets benched I like you would you actually start this guy yeah like I said you picked him up you, you'd have to have a lot of unfortunate events to only get down to one <laughs> other starting quarterback but even then I'd, I'd be a little hesitant that this guy's gonna give me negative points I think I would start him like in the playoffs, you know, like if I mean, is Tim Boyle still starting come playoff? That's five more weeks. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he is still starting, I probably would give him a chance in the playoffs just because the the playoffs for our league. I feel like it's more about the ceiling of points you put up rather than the floor. Like you need those big weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tim has kind of that first week that Dylan acquired Zach Wilson and he put up like 20 fantasy points against the Chiefs. He could be Tim Boom Boy Boyle, right? That's all you need. Boom Boy Boyle. That's yes, what the playoffs is about. I'm uh, I got a lot of Boom Boys on my roster, and that's what's helped me. You do have Boom Boys because 
I consistently cannot beat your team for some reason, even though, uh, like when you look at the two rosters, I think most people would probably take mine, but yep. yours, uh, typically beats me. Even, yeah. I think uh, I, most I have some, some average, average guys. I mean, last week I, I had to start Brandon cooks in one of my flex spots. I started, you and I actually both have started two tight ends this season. I don't know if any other teams have done that. No, no way. Um, but we're, yeah, for, I mean, it, it's easy when you have Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, um, on your team to where you have only one of those players and you feel good enough about another tight end to start them. Uh, but like, I don't have great quarterbacks. Like you have Jalen hurts. I don't have a guy that, that's at that level, but I have McCaffrey. I have Gibbs who has done such a fantastic job. He's been really consistent too. Uh, Tyreek's a, a boom boy. Ayuk, boom boy. Mostert was a boom boy earlier this season, has not been lately. Um, and that's the only way I'm able to stay in the playoff uh, race is just getting those big chunks of points from a single player each week. Um, you have some guys on your roster that can do that, but they just haven't lately. Yeah. I, I will say this last week, putting up 102, I did have two players get injured relatively early in the game. Aaron Jones and Cooper Cup both exited in the first half. Uh, with injuries how are they looking long term are they going to be out for multiple weeks jones out for probably a couple weeks cup low ankle sprain which is you know throw a throw an throw a ankle brace on there and get out there and play cup right um you know but i've got the depth to be able to support losing a couple players like that yeah you do have the depth and the problem that comes with depth is making sure you start the right players you had Godwin on your bench this was it that this past week where he uh, Ridley had like twenty Ridley that's who it was yes. Ridley yeah. yep yeah uh, I'm honestly kind of glad to get some injuries it, it makes the decision <laughs> process a little bit easier right and Cup has been very disappointing so far this year so I don't even have to stress about not putting him in my lineup same with Aaron Jones both those guys have pretty much sucked uh, and been injured. So mm-hmm. the worst combination of those players who are consistently like dealing, battling an injury, that's the worst because you never actually know when you should start them. Uh, but I did. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's, it's the worst when there are players who have had a specific type of injury uh, a lot because you get worried that, well, are they going to tweak something during the game? And then should I like if they're coming back their first week off of uh, recovering from an injury? And it's like, ah, do I really want to start that guy? Um, and yeah, sometimes that happens. Yeah. All right. So and there's a, a game I want to play this week. Okay. Um, and it's kind of the counter to the game that Brian and Matthew played. Perfect. Last week. Uh, we talked about why the teams deserve to lose. Uh, Colin's looking likely he'll be the loser, but you never know. Uh, there's some crazy stuff that's going to happen the rest of the season with bye weeks and it's going to be really interesting to fall. I'm sure the, the Doughboys will do a deep dive on that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the the reason teams deserve to win. Uh, you know, it's it's actually a great contrast with this podcast that we have because we have two teams uh, with Brian and Matt that are constantly fighting to avoid last place. And then, you know, we have you and I hosting who are consistently right. playoff teams um, or at least fighting to get in the playoffs, fighting for a championship. So I feel like it's very fitting that this podcast would be focused on the winner's uh, and there's, you know, I like it on the loser side. So I, I, I think realistically, uh, we can talk about five teams here. Austin, very much a long shot to make the playoffs at this point. He would need Tommy to kind of totally fall apart and would need to put up, you know, some stud weeks the last four weeks of the season. 
but I think we can reasonably include him. Brian, sorry, you have 50 points right now. I think the the odds that you overcome Austin and all of the other teams incredibly low, especially with the mm-hmm. Joe Burrow injury. Um, but let's start with Austin. Sloan, why do you think Austin would deserve to win a championship this year? Austin deserves to win a championship because he has been really hard-headed when it comes to trading, and I think that's a good thing for players that he has. I have inquired with him about Saquon in the past. I've tried to get Jonathan Taylor from him in the past, and he knows what a good deal is for him, and he's he's really up front, at least in my opinion. He's up front with letting you know, yeah, not doing it, or, you know, think – whether there's any room to work and he's just for the most part, I think he's done a good job of not trading away guys that might have had some issues in the past. Um, like JT with uh, not playing and, and, you know, slash the injury Saquon in the past has had some injuries and hasn't performed well, but he's held on to those guys and um, he's done a good job managing his roster. And he also uh, did a good job of getting Dobbs. Um, Josh Dobbs has been, decent this season and he really I guess it was was a little bit of luck the timing with him uh acquiring Dobbs but Austin's been consistent with how he manages his team he hasn't been wishy-washy and I think that is why he deserves to to win a championship he yeah he's just been sticking with his, his guys uh let me read you so obviously I text Austin about trades quite a bit let me read you uh, some of his responses to offers that I've sent him for trades. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Nope. One word. Are you drunk? Don't text me. Dumbass. Nah. Um, no. LOL, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's just, he's to the point. And, and that's what he needs to do. Cause if you let someone get in, Josh, you're really good at this. If let's say someone texts you about trade trades and, and they might send you an offer, you might tell yourself, you know, I don't like this offer that they're giving me, but you know, maybe I can get something out of them. And then I think that's where you, Josh, do a good job of getting in there and sort of, mingling with their mind a little bit and getting them to accept to a trade that might not be as in their favor as they think it is. Austin, complete opposite. Like you just read with those texts straight up. (laughs) If he doesn't like an offer, Nope, not it. And he doesn't want to put the time into trying to figure something out or open himself up for the opportunity that somebody's going to take advantage of him. Yeah. I I've never like done a full, like the read through of all of the responses that I've received from him on terms of trades, but it's, that's basically the gist of it. The only trade he made with me was for Josh Dobbs and obvious. And of course that turned out to be a perfect trade for him. I I traded him, uh, Dobbs for a third. Now Dobbs is the starter in Minnesota, maybe even potentially beyond this season. Josh Dobbs looked like he's earned himself a starting job. So that hurts. Um, Okay, why Austin does deserve uh, or doesn't deserve to win a championship? Uh, I think... yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you no, go no, ahead. no. Uh, okay. Uh, my my counterpoint would probably be he's made some. Uh, well, he hasn't traded that often. Uh, if you're not going to trade often, you need to be very calculated with the trades that you've made. 
And there have definitely been some stinkers in there. The most notable of which is Austin trades. Uh, and we talked about this when we did our rundown of, you know, potentially the the worst trades that have been made in this league's history. This one's definitely up there. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and two-thirds for Rashad Penny in a 2025 first. Uh, this was after wow. Clyde Edwards-Alaire somehow got like six touchdowns in four games last season. Uh, very unsustainable, but somehow Mike cashes in at the perfect time and sells uh, Alaire. Um, and he's just been un unstartable. Unplayable, yeah, yeah, droppable, honestly. I think you could, you could safely drop Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point. Very low ownership. Uh, and I think that kind of goes in with the like essence of why he doesn't deserve to win. Unlike Dylan and Tommy, who both drafted incredible teams, right? Like mm -hmm. teams where they didn't have to make any moves really in order to win a championship. Austin uh, did not draft an incredible team. He did not draft a championship ready team. He did not luck into the, some of the players turning out as well as they did. And unfortunately that means you kind of have to make moves. If you actually want to have a shot to contend He's been very, uh, like, this is almost a counterpoint to what you said, right? His stoicism in terms of facing trades and, you know, holding the path has meant that his team hasn't really gotten much better. Uh, he's made some draft picks that haven't turned out quite as well as you would like. Obviously, Olave was really good, but Levis has been pretty iffy. Bryce Young hasn't been as good as expected. He's been kind of in quarterback hell, I would say, the mm -hmm. last three years where he hasn't had reliable starters. Uh, and I still think he's kind of in that place a little bit right now. He's still starting Matthew Stafford and Josh Dobbs, which is a pretty miserable bad spot starting QB duo. So he's undervalued the quarterback at, early on. And now he's paying the price for that, having to try to find the right rookie to draft. Uh, and I think that's enough of a reason to say that he doesn't deserve a championship. His team just isn't championship ready. He's maybe a few years of good luck away. Yeah, I think he needs to play the waivers a little more and play them a little better. Yeah. I'm looking at his roster and there are guys on there that I'm not, I probably wouldn't roster them. And sure. if there's guys on your roster that you, you're not rostering, then why are you not putting in waiver bids for certain guys? And even if they're long shots, we have to understand that this is dynasty and you have to do a little bit of research into some guys that might not be getting a lot of points now, but their potential for getting points is uh, in in the future is pretty high. So, just some of the guys that he has on his roster, I think he needs to to swap those out, play the waivers a little more, and get some good players that way. That it, I think that has been. I don't know if it's been a common denominator for every playoff team, but I, I think we as the four you you Josh me Dylan and Tommy. Uh, we do a decent job of dropping guys we don't need and and trying to pick up some guys. I think you and I are a little more active on the waivers than Dylan and Tommy, but um, it's that's something you need to win a championship. And I don't think Josh is, or I don't think Austin has been doing that. Totally agree. Any other thoughts on Austin? We'll move think, up the list. I think we now. got him. Who's next? All right, uh, we'll just go up the current playoff order right now. Next up is our very own Tommy. Uh, and I'll start with the, the reason he deserves to win. You can give the counter reason. Okay. So the reason, uh, Tommy deserves to win a championship this year, I think we're on a similar path to kind of what has gone on with Austin at, at this point. Um, Tommy has held firm. He had an incredible startup draft 
and he didn't sell any of those players high. He held their value. And as a result of that, he's assembled, honestly, what I would consider to be a, a pretty incredible team at this point. Uh, Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen having maybe the best year of his career at age 31. Of course he is. Uh, he's playing for Tom's Trojans. Mike Evans continues to put up thousand yard seasons. You know, Tommy just doesn't. I think a lot of the dynasty community would tell you for players like Lockett, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans heading into this year, you know, self or whatever you can get, right. They're not going to be worth anything. They're old, you know, they may get injured. Uh, but for some reason, when they're on Tom's Trojans, they don't get injured. They continue to play well. Uh, you know, you have to his two starting running backs are 29 and 28. Nick Chubb goes out with a season ending injury. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers out with the season-ending injury. doesn't matter. Tommy has proven he's resilient. He's deep. And honestly, even though he hasn't had a lot of draft picks so far, uh, he's traded some of those away for, you know, maybe borderline questionable deals. He's found great value in the end of drafts. Kyron Williams was his, I think, third-round pick. Yeah, 3.10. Uh, looking to be a stud coming back this week. Rashad Bateman, he's fallen off. But, I mean, Tommy got him early on in our... Uh, startup draft and he's ended up being pretty good uh daniel bellinger before he got injured he's been able to identify some value but i think overall tommy's just proven that he his team is going to perform um and even though he doesn't care about managing his team that intensely i've had multiple instances where i've had to message him to add somebody on waivers or to you know uh start a quarterback he he doesn't get spooked. He's happy to not start a quarterback. He <laughs> he he really holds holds firm in his game plan, and yeah, I respect that because I don't think I could do it myself. Yeah, and on the the flip side of that, I have also texted him about certain players, like, "Hey, bud, you should start yada yada or whatever." Uh, um, I don't think I've done it much in the past. I can't even remember if I've done it this season. But one of his pitfalls is managing the roster and just paying attention and he's got a lot going on. So that's why that happens. And that's, uh, that, that's understandable. Um, and my other reason is th that he's not going to win a title or why he doesn't deserve to win a title. It's not a good reason, but it's the injuries. It's something he has no control over, but yeah. the amount of injuries that he's had to deal with this season has been insane. And he's, he's somehow worked through it and managed to be in the playoff race right now. Um, but you know, Tommy, he's, for some reason, his players are performing right, uh, really well right now. And I, I don't know if that's going to change. Um, I don't think there are a lot of good reasons why he doesn't deserve to win a title. I mean, he's won the title the last two seasons, so it kind of makes sense in my opinion, outside of those injuries, there's not much, but it's just those injuries. And Maybe he should have made some more trades earlier this season when his guys were starting to get injured, um, especially with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt the first uh, week. Making a little movement in the trade market might have helped him, but it, it's also tough when you don't pay as much attention to this league as we do. Uh, you know, it's, it makes it difficult, but not a not a really impactful or heavy reason why he shouldn't win the title. But that, that's what I got. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's the reason why if Tommy won this league five years in a row, I don't think anyone would feel like they wanted to quit because he is maybe the most neutral team that could win a championship. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you're just like, 
that you know when Tommy wins, it perfectly summarizes the way I feel about fantasy football. Where you're like, this is such fucking bullshit. You know, like there's no control over this. Like you think that Tommy, would change though in a dynasty league? Because that that's how it really feels in a redraft league. It's like this is. Comp- I mean, I'm in Becca's family's redraft league, and it's ridiculous. Our team, we start off two and zero, and now we're I think we're three and seven or something. I can't remember what we are. It's something stupid. You'd think in a dynasty league. Eventually, water's going to find its level, and the managers who are more involved in making those actual long-term decisions are going to be the ones who are benefiting from it. Now, Tommy's won the first two seasons, and, and it might take a little bit more than two or three seasons for the dynasty aspect of this league to really show itself. But, yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying with the randomness. It's wild. He was always so bad at redraft. I feel like every year we had our redraft league, Tommy was never flirting with the playoffs. Yeah. But now we go to Dynasty. Everyone cares 10 times more. And he's still there. I mean, he's good for there. you, Tommy. Yeah, it's a, it's good for him. Honestly, and we're going to get into Dylan next because he's the next team in the table. The three teams we're going to talk about as the playoff contenders, I feel like their potential reason against them is they don't care that much. You know, like they don't invest that much time. It's pretty right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard so maybe it makes sense that we're you and i are the top two but then again you look at brian you look at mike and you'd think those guys would be in the playoff conversation but if you have a bad yeah. uh startup draft in the dynasty league that that doesn't help but you yeah. like you'd think that they're gonna start be uh they'll start showing up in the playoffs next season and for future seasons after that for sure all right let's move on dylan sloan why does dylan deserve to win a championship this year We've talked about it a lot in the past. He had a great startup draft for this league, and he hasn't made a lot of moves from that. And there's no reason to if the players are so good. Um, and I, other than that, I don't really know what other reasons there are, right? If you know you have a good team, why trade them? Why make any moves that might rock the boat? I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. He's been in the playoffs, I think, every year of the mm-hmm. league. Uh, well, actually, no, 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 no. That's Is he not, not in true. year one. No, I think uh he yeah, he missed year one. He got that's when he drafted oh, Traylon Burks. But yeah, he's been flirting with the playoffs every year. He had without a doubt the best startup draft. I think when we saw it as a league, we were kind of like, Oh, sorry. Well he he finished eighth our first season. Yes. Yeah, but he was never in danger of Waffle House. He kind of played it perfectly to get yeah. better draft capital, uh, as I remember. But yeah, he's just been consistently there i think at this point and he crushed us strategy wise so much in the startup draft i think that alone deserves to have some kind of benefit he hasn't really seen a lot of dividends from that and you know he still continues to get hammered by injuries i think this year he's he's starting tommy devito this week and he doesn't have a second starting quarterback on his roster So he's he's kind of getting a little unlucky too, you know. Maybe the reason he doesn't deserve to win. Tom, or sorry, Dylan has had a lot of great assets, and he has rarely at any point decided to consolidate those into elite mm-hmm. top tier assets. Uh, and unlike Austin or Tommy, who haven't had as much roster flexibility to do that, Dylan has had picks. He's had a very at times he's been you know, had six extra players on his bench who would have started on most teams. And he never tried to consolidate those um, to get the Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, you know, 
uh, of the world. So I, I think that that piece to me is kind of deserving. Fantasy football is all about getting your studs, having those boom boys, as we like to call them. Uh, and and Dylan has some boom boys for sure. He's got uh, yeah. Who are his boom boys? I feel like he... Etienne, uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's got Josh Allen. He's Josh been... Allen for sure. You know. Uh, Other I, than I that, I mean, Deshaun Watson, kind of a maybe a boom boy. Um, before he got injured. Yeah. Tony Pollard has not been as good this year, but. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Dylan still is he still has really good players on his bench, but he refuses to consolidate. You could get something for Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, Kyle Pitts, Marquise Brown, like Right. At a certain point, you don't need to have really young players on your bench who kind of have a shown what their ceiling is. So I don't think I think Dylan has not made the moves to win a championship. He's obviously a playoff team, but and he probably will be a playoff team for years to come but uh you know you got to go all in at some point i agree i think it's gonna start getting really bad for him next season and maybe even more so the season after that when he's not making those trades and these guys are getting older they're not performing as well and they're not getting the opportunities in the actual games that they're playing so agree all right josh you're next bud i'm next all right uh i'll say why i don't deserve to win son i want you to tell me why i deserve to win a championship this year okay do you want me to go first Go first, yeah. You are the the best uh, manager at making trades, and I think that comes with the persistence that you have. Where Austin is on one side, and he's just like, "Yeah, not doing it." You're on the other side of really getting into people's heads and trying to work deals out and get things figured out. The and looking back at how many times you've texted Austin about trades, I think that sort of shows <laughs> that uh, aspect of how you manage your teams. So making good trades and staying up to date with all the news. There have been several times in the past where I'm looking to, you know, pick up a player or something and you already have the guy. And I can't think to my, it can't help but think, you know, Josh already knew this before I did, you know, how, how did, how did he know that all that? Um, So just doing your research and making trades where you are getting uh, like we talked about it with Dylan you're actually consolidating players into some some boom boys. So uh, actively working in the trade market and also picking up guys on waivers. So just having that information and reading the news that's going on and really getting deep into the fantasy aspect of the NFL and, and players who are getting opportunities. I think you've done a good job of that, and I think that's where you deserve to win. And I think everybody would probably put their money on you to win uh, this season. I I feel like you're potentially right, but you still consistently beat me. Um, I appreciate your reasons why you think I deserve to win. I think how many I times have, some... have I beat you since you made the big trades? Since because uh, since I, I think it's maybe been just this last week. Uh, you beat me this last week. You beat me week eight, week seven, six, four. I'm trying to think when three, you made those two, trades, one. though. Yeah, I mean, because like, th- that's where I'm. Lo- I I can look at weeks one through six or seven and think to myself, well, yeah, I was, I think I, you know, might've had a better team at that point, but I think your team has been better lately and you had that poor week last week, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I didn't point. make the- any big trades. I, I got Mark Andrews and now he's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess the last few weeks have gone a little better, but 
we'll we'll see. I, I guess you're. I, I'm probably am. And Kyler Murray's back now. He also wasn't back earlier this year, and Gino kind of sucked. So yeah, yeah, got some depth there. Um, reasons why I deserve to lose, though. I have actually kind of a few why I deserve to lose. Uh, number one reason I have paid for fantasy football uh, specific advice. Um, that's you know cringe loser i get it you know paying for fantasy football advice what's up brian and colin my boys <laughs> um obviously it's proven that's not the way to win in this league is to be invested financially or mentally uh and right. i have done <laughs> <laughs> and i have done both of those things so uh, i have paid for fantasy um advice uh and i think it's been pretty helpful it's why i drafted or why i picked up puka uh why i drafted a guy like tank dell in the fourth um Mm -hmm. i was specifically targeting those players whatever uh i think you know that's a potential reason i deserve to lose uh reason number two i get very tied to the big names of fantasy football so you look at my team right now it's a lot of older players Devontae adams cooper cup stefan diggs uh, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey. These are names who have been staples of fantasy football for uh, many years at this point. Mm-hmm. And eventually you have to move on from the big names and just start the right players. Uh, and sometimes that is a guy like Tank Dell or a guy like Puka Nakua or uh, some of these, you know, younger players who may just be kind of getting a few more targets. I'm not saying obviously I'm on Raj, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. These guys are absolute studs, but there's guys who live in the middle who are honestly better than some of these guys. Nico Collins, another great example. Um, a guy like Calvin Ridley is somebody who has a nice name, but he hasn't really proven much on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've traded away these young guys. I've gone all in. Um And I think there are some scenarios where the young guys are traded away would have been valuable assets. Honestly, Tank Dell could be starting on my roster. It would be tough to decide who to bench, but he's proven that he's a good asset. I traded away Rashad White, who had a really is having weirdly a really good year this year, even though he's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Um, so yeah, I, I just keep getting addicted to those big names, keep trading away young players. Um, and I, I don't have a lot of balance in my roster at this point, honestly. Uh, in terms of youth and old. So sometimes you got to go with the vets, Josh. That's what you keep telling me. That's what I feel like I should be, but I guess we'll find out. Reason number three, why I deserve to lose is league abuse. Uh, We touched on this a little bit. Um, I'm persistent in trade offers. People have accused me of having a triple a like Ross league team that I have received assets (laughs) from Uh, bad accusations um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've intentionally tried to swindle teams that sounds bad, but I have pursued deals that are advantageous to my team Yeah, without considering the betterment of the league. I think we're all trying to swindle the other team when we're in trade <laughs> negotiation. That's how I feel. I'm really, I am trying to take advantage of whoever I am talking to. Yeah. I, I mean, but I, I understand I need to give them some value if they're going to, if we're going to get to a trade that they'll agree on. So honestly, this year I've tried to be more ethical in my trade offers just because I feel like there's something the fantasy football gods are cursing me for some reason for things I've done in the past. Um, But yeah, league abuse. 
in general. Uh, when we look back on like worst trades in this league's history, a lot of them involved me kind of mm-hmm. being on what might be considered the winner's side. Um, so, you know, eventually that catches up to you. You can't, you, you know, you play dirty too much. And uh, the, if I don't win a championship this year, what's it all for? You know, exactly. like, nobody wants to win. the. Nobody wants to get the number one pick. Nobody wants to, you know, make the playoffs. That that stuff doesn't matter. It's all about winning a championship at the end of the day. Right. Um, and, you know, as well as anyone being a team with expectations, I think is it's torture. Honestly, when you expect your team to win, that's the worst place to be in because you never know. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a thoughtful analysis on your part. I've been thinking about this one a lot. Why yeah, I'm but... losing? Brian and Matt really called me. They were like, when they when they were like, yeah, Josh sounded kind of sad in his solo podcast. You know, like I'm worried about that he's going to leave the league first. Right. Uh, I'm sure they're hoping I leave the league first because my team is so awesome. Maybe one of them can, you know, sell one of their crappy teams to a new guy yeah. and take over my team. But. um yeah, I, I definitely am feeling the weight of expectations this season. And every week I put up 102 points, 50 points below my expected. I'm like, fantasy football is, it's torture. But I love it. I love it. So It is I'll fun. Keep, I'll keep paying for it, my fantasy advice. Don't you guys worry. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. There you go. All right, Sloan. Last up. I'll start with the reason you deserve to win. Uh, boom Boys. I mean, the king of the boom boys, all in on boom boys, Tyree, Christian McCaffrey, go for Gibbs, hold strong, even after a rough start to the season. Um, Mark Andrews, obviously a little unfortunate with the injury. You've proven you're willing to go get the assets that it takes in order to win a championship and you stick to your player values. Um, you know, you're you make a lot more trades than Austin does. But I will say you have the same kind of firmness when it comes to the way that you value players and that you have your internal idea of what they're worth and you're not going to really move from that. Um, You've managed to build a pretty good team without totally destroying your future, which I respect as well. Consistently high performance, balanced team. The Kirk Cousins injury sucks, uh, but you know, you've you've stayed strong on some of these QBs that I think last year we would have said Goff and Kirk Cousins was a pretty bad QB mm-hmm. room. But honestly, this year it's looking, you know, that's two borderline top 10 QBs right now. Goff is QB 13, but uh, things have worked out for you. You've avoided the injuries and you have also been a very consistent playoff team. And so I like to re- feel like teams should be rewarded for consistent performances You deserve to be where you're at. And uh, if you won, it would hurt me because, uh, you know, I've worked so hard for it, but I would be happy for my fellow co-host that he finally got the championship he deserves. I appreciate that, Josh. Um, For me, looking back over the course of the season, I wish I would have committed to more trades. I wish I would have maybe overpaid for some guys. A.J. Brown comes to mind. I was working with with Matt on trying to get a deal done for that and, Man, I really felt like I was paying, trying to trying to give a lot for him, but Matt just wasn't budging. And I wish, in hindsight's twenty twenty, especially looking how uh, at how well AJ Brown has played. I wish I would have committed more to that because I think that would have made my team better, especially for this season. And the other guy that I didn't commit to for trying to get was CD Lamb, 
working with Colin to get him. And I wish I would have paid a little bit more than I was than I was offering to get either him or AJ Brown. And the other big one was man, I stupid decision to trade for Miles Sanders at the beginning of the season. I know you said you felt good for me about it. that trade. I like the deal. Yeah. I liked it too. I said I'm giving a, a first round pick that's three years away for a guy who is the guy on a new team. Uh you look at Frank Reich and how he utilized Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Well, now he's at Carolina with Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has been good in the past. He hasn't been great, but he just completely dropped off a cliff. I feel like I wasted a first rounder and I could have used that first rounder in getting AJ Brown or getting CD lamb. So not, not making those commitments to getting those big player, big play guys, some more boom boys on my team, I think has been a reason why uh, I don't deserve to win and also just not making my roster more deep. So I, I've talked to Mike about it a lot. We tried to work some trades out for getting some guys that would make me more deep, but I just told myself, you know what? I got my guys. Let's go ahead and run it and see what happens. So I think that's why I don't deserve to win. Yeah, I would agree with those reasons. There is one more I might add is uh, for you. Uh, is you have been a very, I mean, this year has definitely been your calmest year as a member of the league, but the previous two years, you were a, uh, you caused a lot of turmoil in well, the league. Yeah, you're, you haven't let's been changing not rules willy-nilly this let's season, forget Josh, it. Let's not forget it. about that. Let's not that, forget about it. You're right. We have a tyrannical commissioner. We need to get him out of office. Last year, I was at a concert. You're spam texting me to, I forget what the trade was or what was going on. I that was that was a moment over the last three years where I most felt that our friendship was in jeopardy. We can't be changing the rules in the middle of the season <laughs> about undoing. Oh, yeah, because we took away your pick because you viol or uh, we took away your fab or whatever because you violated some rule. Was that even it? I for, I think it was like something where you had a player on IR for because that was the stupid rule we had I or something think that like was that. It. it was something else. It was yeah, it was something with fab. And yeah. like getting back my fab, but I can't even. I can't oh yeah, it was. it was where that thing where we hadn't fixed the rule. I hadn't fixed the rule yet where players locked uh, after their game had started, and so you could add players on waivers even if their game has started. And I was like, "Hey, if you do this again, I'm gonna not give you your fab back that you spent on the player." <laughs> you remember this? <laughs> and I remember that just that came out of me just dicking around <laughs> to make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i feel like you are kind of an antagonizer when it comes to trying to make my life harder as a commissioner like i said this year i think without a doubt the smoothest year this league has run we are really hitting our stride well, yeah i think we're three we're in our third season and we've already yeah. gotten past all those other things that we needed to get figured out so yes. and you haven't changed any rules without consulting the league so i've appreciated that i've had multiple people text me mike uh mike and brian texting me about like hey can you do this little thing for my team uh and i'm like no you can put it in the group me i'm not going to do anything for anyone <laughs> like, what are they asking I, i'm trying to like, think of things that would help them brian is like oh i have two guys on ir right now who just who played on thursday oh, they won't let goodness. me move them into ir so now <laughs> i have to drop someone and i'm like sucks to be you i guess like right. i i wouldn't care if you did this but I know Sloan is in there lurking. Uh, and so I think that honestly is a reason you deserve to lose because you have made 
uh, the league challenging. Hey, I man, I play by the rules. Mark yes. Andrews went out on Thursday night, and I could have moved him to to whatever. But anyway, I know, I know. But that's I'm adding that as a point. I think too. You know what? I'm glad I stood up for <laughs> the other player, the other managers in the league, and we've gotten to this point in the the league's history where everything's been figured out. You're like the green party where like nobody really cares about you. You know, like you're there running, I guess, for like the one percent of people. But you feel like your issues are just as important as everyone uh-huh. else's problems are complaining <laughs> about. But we figured it out. That's all that matters. Yeah, I just needed to add that one in there because I felt I like it was it. something a little bit more unique to you rather than just like the deals that you've made. Is right. uh, And you tried to, you know, have a coup on my commissionership, which... A coup. Uh, we take a vote every year. It's official. It's fine. <laughs> I think of these this, years, Josh. I know. I I would. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon. And honestly, if somebody took it from me, whatever. At this point, I would kind of be like, whatever. Last year, I was a little bit more intense about keeping it because I was like concerned about what you would do, like <laughs> if you became. <laughs> uh, but I feel like this year the league is running so smoothly. I, the rule changes we have for next year are like do we get down to one running back in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, which is a God awful idea in my opinion. Uh, I think, I think... I, well, here's my thought on the commissioner stuff, not to, to stop you from that thought no, Go ahead. And, and no offense. And I'm, I'm not saying this as a dig to you, but I think it would be fun to have a rotating commissioner position. Um, just whenever I know you're not going to want to do this forever. And I think there's no. other guys in the league. I, at this point, I don't really want to do it either. So I think it would be fun if, it does move to someone else eventually just to see how the league runs um, under their leadership. Yeah. It's for better or for worse. I think we're definitely in a period where a transition could occur. The league is running quite smoothly right now, which, you know, is maybe not, I don't know if we Mm -hmm. want to mix it up. Yeah, No reason to change it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the first couple of years we had some, I think you've threatened to quit a couple of times. Um, Yep. And I think we're past that. Hopefully, I don't know what would I if we went down to run one running back. I would be pretty pissed off though. Like that would that would be it'd be kind of lame. I'd be. I don't know if there's support for that in the league. This is where you know you might have the silent majority of our league members. Right. You know, maybe Tommy and Austin are like really pro one running back or something. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, this was a good podcast. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad you're back, Sloan. I missed you last time. Thanksgiving Maybe's- Day. I know we got football going on I'm right thankful. now. The Lions yeah. and the uh, Packers are playing. I'm I'm feeling quite thankful on this Thanksgiving day for you, mm-hmm. for the league, uh, you know, just to be a part of this community. So I'm looking forward to our next podcast. I am too. Should be good. All right. We'll talk soon. Sloan. Have a good day. Everyone else listening to this, maybe Thanksgiving, maybe the day after uh, enjoy time with your family. If you decide to go shopping, enjoy being a consumer. Uh, and enjoy some football this weekend. See ya.